Another one from across the country in the world. Across the I'm talking <laughs> to you from Australia. That's true. It's true. You're in Australia right there. You know what? It's It was tough. We almost didn't get to record one. But your dedication to the blowhard audience made it happen. And your dedication. Just We should do a little fine print with anybody. If it sounds a little different th- this week, it's because A, I'm in Australia using my phone. And B, Malcolm's uh, on another thing, too. So just just putting that out there for anybody. If it sounds a little bit different, a little bit off, it's not because I'm in a different country. It's because I'm in a different country. Nang! <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. so good to hear your voice. You know, you got out, you got out, of, you got out, of, out of the country at the right time, I'll tell you what. I hear that. I keep hearing that from people on the bus. Like, so, so... I'm at Supernova, everybody. It's a comic book convention. Uh, they did one in Brisbane last weekend, and now we are in Adelaide. And it's just funny because we keep taking these buses full of, like, you know, uh, sorry, what's his name? Nathan Fillion's here and, and uh, the Charmed Ones, Holly Combs. And anyway, a bunch of cool people. But the point is just listen to everyone on the bus. Everyone's, like, you know, saying how it's interesting that everyone everyone – is not in the States right now when all the crazy business is going on. There's been, you know, I, I, I think, uh, I, you know, I, 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 I don't want to get, of course, I don't think we want to get that much into politics on this podcast. I mean, there's, you know, everybody's got their own opinions and stuff, but yeah, it's been a very interesting situation. I think that ultimately where it stands is a lot of people don't feel heard right now, Jason. I think that hopefully people kind of come together and realize that ultimately all we want is that for our loved ones to be okay. We want the freedom to be able to do what we want to do. And I think we all agree with that. Oh yeah. Things could do. Who knows? People could be surprised by whatever happens. I don't know. I just, you know what? Ignorance is bliss. As I say, <laughs> but you know what? It's that's the fucking truest thing fucking ever said. Ignorance is bliss. Like, it is. Like, literally, I so wish that I didn't care. I wish I didn't care about the election. I wish I didn't care about half this shit that I fucking rant and rave about. I don't know if you knew this about me, Jason. I'm an angry person. No, you rant and rave about lots of things, brother. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a rant and raver. So, you know, I mean, it's ultimately going to put me in the grave early with a heart attack. So I recognize that. But, you know, as I get older, I try and be less of a rant and raver. But if things get really get me fired up, and things like elections and stuff, I get really fired up. And it's so because my own family looks at me and they're like, "You're Canadian. Like, what are you even fucking like? Literally, my friends, like, everybody's just like, you're Canadian." And I'm like, "Well, fucking American politics affects everybody. It's you know, but every everybody well, again, it does seem like a lot of people. I heard a lot of people are trying to go over to Canada and stuff. Is that true? Do you feel like is that something you noticed? You I've like actually you walk- talked. 
I've talked to several gay people, and I'm not even kidding, who basically are moving to Toronto. I like I, I've been like I, I've it's gotten not that a lot easy, of... right? Sorry. Sorry, it's not that easy though. Like I couldn't just move to Canada, right? I could. They barely let me in your country. Well, you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you like, the thing about it is, is you could probably like, you know, I mean, the people I'm talking to are getting transferred. It's a lot of IT people. Uh, one guy's a lawyer. Like it, it's, you know, people I've talked to, um, you know, are being transferred. But I mean, you could actually, if you didn't have your problems, like you could, it, it wouldn't be that hard. See, I could move to America if I wanted to under like a special arts, like work visa. Because essentially, just because I made these documentaries and stuff, like essentially you're a certain level of arts or whatever. And, you know, but you could probably come to Canada. <clears throat> But not everybody. I'm not saying it's not as easy no. for the. And you know what? Like, I don't like, you know, don't like people shouldn't be leaving. You got to stay. I mean, it's your kind. Con- like, I love America. I think America's. A- I mean, I love Canada. I was born in Canada, but I spent a lot of time in America. And I, you know, a lot of my dear friends like yourself are American. So, totally. I, you know, and I've spent a lot of time in America. So it really hurts me to see, you know, everybody. So it's just so torn apart. And you could see. I can see both sides of it. As much as it's hard to kind of get in a Republican mind to get in the hate of, you know, fear and hatred, and there's a lot of that going on, and I think it's on both sides. There's a lot of fear and hatred that doesn't really, you know, people need to look at each other and, uh, you know, and and ultimately see the best in people. Now I'm just sounding like a hippie. Fair enough. Is that your phone going off with your texts and stuff? Yes. Everybody, that's Malcolm Ingram. No, I'm just kidding. That's (laughs) That's your phone, not mine. No, but um, but anyway, <laughs> let's get. I, I do agree, and again, I, I'm sure we could talk about it. And I'm sure there's tons of podcasts already being spoken about only politics, but it is interesting. But I uh, I do want to talk about these uh, awesome emails we've been getting. But you're gonna you're gonna run the show and steer it, so you tell. Well, me I'm not gonna. Well, I, you know what, Jason? I was thinking, like, what do I want to talk to Jason about? You know one thing I want to talk to you about that I've never talked to you about before that I've always wanted to ask you about? What? Tell me. What was it like? Like, we never talked. What was it like working with Paris? You made a movie with Paris Hilton. Oh, <laughs> I did. I did. It, <laughs> what, honestly, the, what was like? And you made a movie with Paris Hilton when Paris Hilton was fucking Paris Hilton. It was, uh, to me, honestly, it's like, I don't know. I got to say, like, it's funny because when you work with certain people and I feel like people have asked me this over the years too, about like Shannon Elizabeth and different people, Uh, you know, I feel like there's people when you're working that hang out outside of their trailers and when they're done doing their shooting, they'll walk around and you can shut the windows if you want. Um, They'll walk around and they'll hang out and chat with people and stuff. Um, and then there's people who come to set and they do their scenes and then they go in their trailer and do whatever or they're changing wardrobe or whatever. So I, I feel like, you know, there's sometimes I, I get to work with people, but I don't really get to know them. And I think Paris, uh, as far as I remember, she spent a lot of time in her trailer. But when she was on set, honestly, I, it wasn't bad. And and what I think's interesting is you I got to see her. Uh, you know, people see her on The Simple Life and different things. And I know she plays like that character. And I'm not saying she isn't similar to that character, but it's funny because I do feel like from what I observed um, in those few weeks is 
that she's a lot smarter than she plays. Like I would see her, you would see her talking to people and be like, oh my God, no way. But then you'd see her get on a business call and she'd be like, let me get that W9 with the 2.6 and get that over. Like you could hear her on the phone being like she's plays she's smarter than i feel she was smarter than she plays on the average day um and that's sort of the vibe i got from her but she was nice and she was pleasant uh you know whenever we had a scene together it was a scene where we kissed i do have to say i've kissed uh some young ladies on camera and it's always awkward when you gotta kiss someone on camera because it's like you're you're there and then all of a sudden it's like action and you walk up and you do a like fake smooch um we did we did i'm serious it's like shan elizabeth people asked me about her kissing her and it was real it was fun and so was uh katie morgan because we did that goofy kissing with the tongues and the weird stuff and it's fun but it's awkward and fun at the same time but with paris for some reason we did this uh shot on the roof where like i go up and we start making out and the camera went around us in like a 360, you know, view. And I yeah. actually got half of a boner. She's the only girl I've kissed on camera where I've actually got half of a boner. Well, and what, so like, was, was it because she was a good kisser? Like, what, what do you think was it? I think it was a combination of being that. And it was just, um, I just think it, it didn't seem very uncomfortable. And, it, and, and I don't know. I don't know what it was. I think it was a combination of many things. I think, I think she... She made it not, it wasn't awkward and it was a good kissing. And then also it was, um, you know, it was, it was a little bit longer than the average. Cause I think when you kiss someone, you're kissing for a few seconds and then you cut or you move to something else. Like you back up, like, you know, in the, in the, the, the other one, it's a JM Bob, excuse me, is a, um, dream sequence. So we kissed and then I backed up. And you realize it's not really me kissing her. And I go, oh, I filled the cup, whatever. This was a really long take. So I think maybe because I sort of lost, got lost in the moment. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just saying it, it wasn't a bad, uh, it wasn't a bad uh, shoot. It was fun. I actually had a good time shooting that, even though the movie, honestly, to me, the script and the, the movie itself, I don't think was the greatest script. Um, it was one of the first times... <laughs> Well, no, honestly, it was one of the first times I experienced, like, we, we did a pretty low-budget movie, and you guys didn't have a lot of money, but, um, and my point in saying that is, like, you didn't try to throw in any type of crazy hijinks. It was so weird on this movie, because the guys who produced it, and hopefully I can't get in trouble for saying this, because I guess I'm not pointing out the actual guys, I don't know. Don't, just don't, just don't say a name. Yeah, I don't even know their names, and I don't, I'm not saying it was every producer, it was somebody would all of a sudden be like, okay, so you guys are going to kiss here. Then you go to the couch and then you have this really deep conversation about, um, you know, this contest. And then all of a sudden the guy would come to set and he would tell the director like, hey, we're going to have these two girls walk in topless and on their chest it's going to be written this uh, casino stuff, which was, uh, you know, it was technically uh, product placement and, and ad money, I guess. But they would literally throw girls in like topless in a scene that made no sense. It'd be like when we were in Drawing Flies talking about the Sasquatch and all of a sudden two naked girls came in with their boobs out and it said, hey, um, you know, <laughs> whatever, Malcolm Ingram rules. And then like maybe that's what drawing maybe that's what Drawing Flies needed. 
It might have been. And maybe, but it was weird to me because watching the director get so upset because he'd be like, that, and not even that, just the actors too would be like, that makes no sense. Why are we going to have these people? So I'm just saying the experience in itself was fun, but also weird. Um, and it was interesting because it was the first movie I had done um, after being strung out really bad. Like I hadn't worked in like two years because it was right when on the peak of when I got really strung out, went to Jersey, turned myself in. Um, and I had been sober for a little bit, but I hadn't worked in like two years. Um, and I got this offer for, to do this movie. So it, it was fun. And my point is it sort of got me back in the groove and stuff. And not to mention, I got to work with, um, uh, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name, David, David something. And he was amazing. He played my uncle. Um, very good actor. And he's been in a, a ton of stuff. He's always playing like the army guy. And in this, he got to play the gay uncle, which is something you'd always dig. Nooch! Hey, go to hell. Speaking of gay uncles, now we get to, as we, you know, we've, we've, op- we've gotten a lot of letters from people. It's been wonderful. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really been awesome. So actually, I figured today we'll answer two emails because... We'll like basically some. there's enough like there's two emails that kind of go into each other but if yeah. anybody wants but if anybody wants to reach out to us they can send us a question at blowhardbox at gmail.com so if you have a question we're happy to answer advice anything you want but uh i'll start with the first question go for uh, it. are you ready jason i'm ready love the pod that's nice. I would love to hear the story about when Jay finally realized when Malcolm was gay. Heard a little bit on Smodcast one time. Keep up the great word, guys. And that's from Jeff. You know, so it's crazy because I actually do remember this. You know, I, I we over the last couple of weeks, you know, we've spoken about moments in time that we've met and stuff like that. And I forget a lot of things, but I actually remember this because... I remember I was in rehab um, and it was in Marlboro, Marlboro rehab. I had just gotten sentenced to six months in rehab and I was in Jersey and like I was probably about a month sober and I used to get to talk to Kevin on the phone. He was like one of the only people I could talk to on the phone and they let me in. And so I was talking to Kevin and I remember Kevin forgot. Kevin didn't realize that I, I, of course he realized I wasn't around, but he almost forgot I wasn't around and like sort of just was like, Oh yeah. So, you know, it was great. We just had a party. Malcolm came over and we got to meet his boyfriend, uh, Cubby and he's great. And I'm like, Whoa, 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 what? <laughs> I just remember. And uh, he's like, what do you mean? I was like, dude, wait, what do you mean? Boyfriend? He's like, yeah, dude. He's like, Oh my God, I forgot that you haven't been around in the last few months. He goes, Malcolm brought up, boy over and it's his boyfriend and we got to meet him and so that was the first time I remember being told that Malcolm straight up said and I asked Kevin how and then Kevin has his version of course which is the actual his perspective of when you called and was talking about going on a date with a boy and and it was you didn't know it was a date but it was a date and all that but that's how I first found out um, and then we talked, Kevin and I talked about it again. We had limited time we had on the phone. Um, we had a limited time on the phone, so we couldn't sit and talk about just that. But I do remember being like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm not around. And I didn't get to meet this gentleman. And 
And I did. Luckily, uh, Malcolm was still dating him when I got out and I moved to L.A. and I moved in with Kevin. And at that, that point, uh, I think it was close to Christmas or whatever. And Malcolm, you and Cubby had come for Christmas or something. So It's true. Me and the Cub did come for New Year's one year. Yes, yes. So it was great. It was So that's how I found out uh, the first time was through Kevin, through that scenario. Um, and, yeah, it was great. And I remember you know seeing really, you. You know what's really funny? What? Of everybody that the Cub met, like, you know, all, all the people, like, you were the one that blew him away the most. It was funny. He, 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 he loved you. He thought you were amazing. Yay. No, he was great. He can, so you're, are you just saying that because I'm on the I'm being honest. Like this is pub. No, this is public record, so I can't. Like it's not like just me and you. I'm recording this now, so basically, like the cub, he could listen to this and be like, "You're full of shit." Like, no, I'm serious. The cub loved you. He thought I, I don't know. I don't know why, but you really fucking kept because he wasn't like he was young, but he wasn't like he. I think he, I don't know if he'd ever seen the movies or not or whatever, but he just thought you were like he just thought you were neat. That's great. I love it. I love it. He thought you. Yeah, were it was amazing. great. It was that. Was, that was the scenario, and and then, uh, but it was great. It was great to know. Of course, it would have been great the first time, but um, if I was there when you actually came, but it was great because it did happen later on. So that's one. But get let's guess. Do guess. Guess one. who? This is guess fun. who I heard. Guess who I heard from? Guess who sent me an email? Oh, I'm curious who. The double dick dude. No, he did not. He did. He reached There's out to no- me on Twitter, and then he's like, here's my email. Send me an email. So wait, so he, did, did he wind up listening and us talking He listened about- to it. He listened to it. He loved it. He thought it was great. He totally listened to it. The I double dick it. dude listened to the podcast. The funny thing was is that he, he kind of like was like, we should, he's like, he wanted me to kind of like have a Skype conversation and stuff, but I'm like, he wants to remain totally private, which I totally get. Like, he doesn't want everybody to know he's got two dicks. He's leading a normal life. And I'm like, dude, like, I'm a, like, I'm a documentarian. I'm naturally curious. I'm not going to be satisfied just, like, randomly ask you a question about your double dick. So it's like, he's he. I don't think he really wants to be on a podcast or anything like that. So it's like, I was just like, dude, I'm just happy to know that you're out there. It's wonderful that you're yeah. out there, and I'm glad you're at the podcast. No, it's great. It's great. But I mean, I want why it's still i'm not saying to, to push him but if you do a podcast you don't you, i guess someone could recognize his voice but I, no one's gonna see him but again maybe yeah you don't want to push it if that's his i didn't that's know the that thing. He was, i didn't know he was in secret i thought people knew who he was no nobody knows who he, that's his whole that's the whole shtick is that nobody really knows who he is and he's like he just wants to lead this normal life which is like hey man like you have to say, the guy must have been raised right, because it's just like, if I had two dicks, dude, I would be in every fucking porno. Like, I would just be like, I would be earning off my two dicks. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, if yeah. you got two dicks, it's just like, oh, this is just the thing I'm going to earn on for the rest of my life. Well, I just can't imagine. I would be curious to talk to him about his childhood, because I would imagine now as an adult, it's a lot. It's still, it's still got to be different, but easier. But when you're a kid, I remember even... With a single penis, I used to be embarrassed to go in the gym class showers in front of all these boys and then see my wiener. 
Like, I can't imagine having two wieners and going to gym class and being like, hey, guys, I'm, uh, you know, I'm 12 years old. What's up? I got, I got- dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if you want it, like, you know what? If he wanted to do the podcast, like, I'd be more than happy to have him. But it's one of those things where, like, he, when, he, when he emailed me back, because I was like, I totally want to talk to you. And then, yeah. like, when he emailed me back, he's just kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of, you know, I, I don't. And I was just kind of like, you know what? Like, like I'm not going to push. I, I don't want to push him doing it. But if you want no, to talk totally. to him, I mean, you you got to have a no, Skype no, no, conversation no, no. with him. Well, I wouldn't want to upset him. So I don't know. I don't no, but he would him. love to talk to you, I'm sure. But I don't think he would. I don't think he wants to do a podcast. Well, that's good that he got back to you, though. So we know now you are an acquaintance with the double dick dude. More importantly, uh, you're an acquaintance with the double dick dude. The double dick true. dude is, I'm sure that it must have been cool to hear you. Cause I mean, you know, he, he wrote about you in his book. So now you've acknowledged, now, you know, so I feel that I've done, and you know what? It's, it, I think hearing a straight guy talk about not one, but two dicks, you know, it's, that's, that's a healthy thing. Everybody wins. Yes. Winna, you're, very, you're very progressive, Jason. Congratulations. Thanks, thank you. Why, hello there, blowhard listeners. Is anybody out there hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Post your job at one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. Do you want to find the perfect hire? You need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire them. Hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. And right now, the listeners of Blowhard, if you're looking for somebody to hire, times are tough, man. And if you give somebody a job, that's a good thing. You could post ZipRecruiter for free right now by using ZipRecruiter.com slash Blowhard. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Blowhard. Now, moving on to the next question, which is... Uh, Dear Jay and Malcolm, I am a bisexual man living in a Phelps-like family. I find it hard Mm. to be myself in front of my family. I fear they will disown me. And I was wondering what it was like when Malcolm finally came out to his family. I'm looking for the proper way to bring it up to mine. Any thoughts? Well, here's the thing. I mean, like, I've got... My father, like, my father was a very religious man. And my father was very very he was kind of you know my father was Catholic, very religious man and he um i wouldn't say he was a homophobe but i would say that he certainly wasn't you know pro-gay um mm-hmm. and so i i think that um you know and 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 when my father found like here's the thing like every like the last people to find out were my parents and the re- main reason i told my parents was two reasons one because I was about to go to Sundance with a film festival with gay in the title, Small Town Gay Bar. And secondly, my father was um, my father was dying of cancer. 
So it was, and I really had in my head, like, maybe I'll let my dad leave the earth without, um, without knowing, like maybe yeah. like he doesn't, maybe he doesn't need to know. Um, totally. but we were having the, the, when I finally came out to my parents, we were actually driving to a Chinese food restaurant called the Mandarin, which is my favorite Chinese food restaurant in the world. I'm still fat. Hint, fuck. Hint. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> like, I don't even know why that's a part of the story, but it's like. Um, anyway, but we were driving to, uh, we were driving to eat and my parents, like we were, the three of us were having a conversation and finally, I don't know who said it, my mother or my father. And, and, and at the time I had been dating somebody, I'd been dating the cub for three years. Um, and my parents were just like, you know, we're just afraid you're going to be, my parents were just like, huh? Sorry, sorry. Just to keep up with the story. I don't mean to cut you off, but going back to the cub for three years so had you before you had told them had you brought him around and just was like hey this is my friend my good friend no 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 they never met him they never met him okay keep going no i mean but essentially i've been dating this guy for three years and um and but my parents were just both like uh we just we, we you know we just we don't want you to be alone because, you know, because I hadn't been dating anyone. I dated girls when I was younger, but essentially I, I hadn't really been dating anyone. So all of a sudden I realized, like, you know, like I'd, I'd been in this relationship with somebody I was in love with for three years. But my parents thought I was alone. So I was just like, you know what? Like, if there's any fucking time. So I just said, you know what? I'm not alone. And that, you know, I didn't even have to say I'm gay. Like, literally, when I said I'm not alone, everybody in the car knew. And the car got very silent. And um, I didn't, me and my father didn't talk about it much. Um, I had a very uncomfortable conversation with my father uh, just before he died, which was um, my father was a very, very good man. I mean, my father, like, he was, he went to, like, he, you know, he believed in his family. He lived for his family, supported his family. My father was a very good man. Um, but you know, my father had a big problem and, and I'm a junior, right? It, like Malcolm senior, like I'm Malcolm junior. Yes. Um, so I, I think that, I think that he kind of worried about the things that, you know, that he, you know, he didn't, he was worried that, you know, he was just worried that life would be tough for me as a, a gay person. And as well, it didn't kind of go with his religion. But I remember I had a conversation just before he died that was fucking horrible where I was like. You know, we were talking and I said, because my father was one of, you know, I always wanted to be a filmmaker. My father was one of the, I had a very difficult, growing up, I always knew what I wanted to do, but nobody would really believe in me because it was a ridiculous thing. I'm a dumb kid from like, you know, the burbs in Canada that wants to be a filmmaker. So nobody's, you know, but I knew I wanted to do it since I was five years old. Like, I always wanted to do it. And it's something I always talked about and I always, I was consumed with it. And the only person who believed in me was my father. And um, and he always supported me, like you know, when I didn't have rent, he he was always there to help me. I mean, my father always was believed in me, and when I started being successful, he was he really it, it meant a lot to him, um, and he really enjoyed it. But then, kind of like you know, when I was doing drawing flies and taillights fade, like they came out to the set and stuff, and they loved it uh, because they saw me. But you know, when I started making documentaries, like all of a sudden. I'm making a movie about gay bars. So, and I said to him, like, it must be tough, you know, me, you know, our name, 
being on this movie with getting the title? And he and he said, yes, it was. And, th- and that broke my heart. I was just like, he could have given me a pass, but he, he just said, like, yeah, it is, he didn't like the fact that, like, you know, our name was going to be shared on on a you know on on a movie like Small Town Gay Bars. So like yeah. that's that was tough. But anyway, to this kid, like more importantly, like that's my story. But ultimately, the fact of the, the the one thing that I absolutely have to say is that in my the only I can only talk from my experience. I absolutely have a before I was gay and after I was gay in my life. Like my life began when I came out of the. What are you fucking adjusting? What are you doing? Nothing. Sounds like you're wrestling a tiger. <laughs> I'm listening, bro. Come on. I'm sorry. telling I'm my listening. fucking. I'm telling my deep story. I'm. I'm, bre- I'm bringing the feels. I'm, I'm talking to my father on his deathbed, and you're wrestling a fucking tiger. No, I'm you not. son of a bitch. I was drinking a Red Bull, bro. I'm listening. I'm deep in All the right. conversation. Anyway, don't ruin it. So anyway, you're telling so, the kid you came out. So what, what I'm saying, you came alive. What I'm. It's not like basically. It's just like. Like, I lost, like, I did lose a lot of friends. And, like, you know, there's, like, there is consequences. Of course there was. And, dude, this this kid, I mean, he's in a situation of, anybody who doesn't know what he's referencing with Phelps, like, family, like, Reverend Phelps is somebody I interviewed in Small Town Gay Bar. He's the God Hates Fags guy. And he's a very anti-gay person. So this guy's in a situation of a lot of oppression. Um, And I I, I guarantee you that being gay, he's not even gay, he's bisexual. Um, but essentially, like, look, like, you, you, didn't, you don't say how old you are, but at a certain point, your family isn't necessarily the people that, you know, aren't the people you were born to. Your family is who you find. You find your family. Like, Jason, I feel you're as much of a brother as my own brother, just because essentially, like, we've been through, you know, I've been through a lot of shit with you. Like, it's just like, you, you're part of the family that I've chosen. Yes. So I think that, like, my advice to this guy is, like, you have to realize at a certain point that, you know, the family you're born to isn't necessarily the family family you leave with. Like, if this situation, like, you know, again, I don't know how old you are, but essentially I I, I think that, like, if you're in that kind of situation, I don't think you're doing yourself any favors um, by staying within it. And the thing about it is you don't have to come out to these people. These people don't have to know that you're gay if you don't want to tell them. You should go on and live the life that you want to live. Like, you don't have to... If you're not comfortable coming out... I know a lot of people... I know people in their 30s who are basically still been coming out of the closet. Like, I, I still... Some of my friends still haven't come out of the closet. Like, it's totally a personal decision. You don't have to come out. Like, it, it, you, like it's, it's not, you know... If you don't feel comfortable doing, if you don't feel comfortable not coming out, you don't have to come out. But I will say to this guy, like, you know, don't, you know, if if you're in that kind of oppressive situation with your family, you have to look outward. You have to find, you have to find your support. You have to find your friends, and you have to find people to surround yourself with who it will who will support you in the decisions you make. Because it doesn't sound like these people are going to be that permissive in you making choices and moving forward in life. How's that for an answer? I like it. Hopefully the gentleman who wrote in uh, was able to get a little something from that. Did any of it make sense, make Jason? It your own. Do you, do you it think I answered the, Did I answer the yeah. question at all, do you think? I think so, yeah. I totally think so. I think so. And given your experience, it definitely, I'm sure, helps. Again, everyone's just different. These are three things that you should always want out of life. 
you should you should feel safe. You should you should feel freedom to be able to do what you want to do, and you should understand that you can't create victims. Like, don't fuck people around. Don't you know? Essentially, th those are three things. And it, like, if moving forward for this guy, I'm like, your safety is really important. So you want to keep yourself safe. If your family, if you could be in an abusive situation, keep yourself safe. But make sure you have the freedom to explore the things. Like, don't you know? experience the things that you want to experience yes and like create it. no victims and don't fucking you know don't be an asshole so let's move on tell me who's, who's exciting that's there nathan fillion who's in firefly and also castle um there's some voice people here the guy who plays bender um a couple, uh, a guy and a girl who are like the voices of a bunch of the characters from the show Rebels. Star now, Wars do you guys Rebels. hang? Do you like who do you hang out with? Are you hanging around Nathan Fillion? No, 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 no. Um, I mean, I I hung out a little bit with like Greg's here. Greg, uh, I can't believe I don't know his name. He, Dude, uh, you gotta fucking remember it. The deal is, you can't you can't bring up a name unless because it's just like. I know. Everybody's I, I just going to be like, who? Yes. Uh, you're right. You're right. When At you least say what he's in. Like, Well, he's on Geeking Out with Kevin. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. So do you know his last name? Smarty Pants? Geraldo, I believe. Yeah. So um, he's he's here. Um, and then there's a, a gentleman from the show Dollhouse. And he, okay. his name, it's not even that I don't know his name. I'm horrible at pronouncing it. It's like Nev or something. And then one of the guys from the show, The Hundred, he's in the show, The Hundred. Uh, he's one, he's the one who falls in love with the grounder, the grounder girl. But there's some cool people. And yes, throughout the trip, you know, you like you sit on the bus with them, you chat with them. I was on the plane with them. I was on the same plane ride here with Greg um, and stuff. So again, it's, it's been fun and it's, it's definitely been it's been an experience. If anyone's wondering who I'm talking about and like Jay's an idiot and I'm curious, you could just go to Supernova, Australia, Brisbane, Adelaide. <laughs> I, I didn't say you're an idiot. I'm just like, dude, I'm horrible with names as well. No, but it's true. I'm actually here with them and been spending all week with them. I should know no, but dude, names, but it's tough. You know, it's dude, tough because I dude, I've been on a third date with somebody. And I like I literally, you know that thing when you're with somebody and it's been so long that you haven't really asked their name and you don't know what it is, but you really don't know their name. And so you you're afraid to like you're like, I think that it's David, but I'm not sure. So you don't you see your you're a lot of bud and man and stuff. Oh, totally, totally. Hey bro, good to see you, baby. I mean that's the yeah. thing. So when you're on a so third date with a guy and you're still going you like, go. hey, but what? Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but here we go. Greg Grunberg, Enver Jagokaj. He was in the dollhouse. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's uh, – and then we have – look at this. I am getting it out here, baby. Dude, on what's like? what's your perspective being at a Comic-Con? Like, is there is there a type of person you're like, oh, I know. Like, how do you how – do, how do you spend your time? Like basically, if you're sitting there taking photos or like, do you do do you do signings? Um, I do do signings. I so there's 
So they have, you know, there's like photo ops and their signings and selfies. And, you know, throughout the weekend, you sit there and you say hello to people and you take pictures with them. Again, I dig it, honestly, because, you know, it's like besides that, I get to hear a lot of cool stuff. Like I told you, the cool thing is, is, is even just this weekend, it was three days and then this next three days. But so far, I've done three days. And in those three days, at least one or two people throughout each day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, has mentioned they've been listening to Blowhard and they're really digging it. So really? Like we, yeah, yeah, totally. All the way out here in Australia. And we've only been, what, two episodes, three episodes? Three and, episodes. Uh, so, yeah, so you get to hear stuff like that. You know, people who listen to the to the um, Jay and Bob get old and have said, like, you know, it, it's really nice is my point. It's been sweet because – I, Kevin and I doing Jay and Bob get old like was for me to be accountable and to try to help stay sober and and to have fun and travel with Kevin whatever. What I didn't expect is people will come up and be like, "Hey man, this is my son. He's 25 and he's been struggling for four years and I had him listen to your podcast and now he has a year and a half sober and then you know he'll be sitting there shaking and he'll be like, "Thank you, bro." Like whenever I feel like I'm going to use, I'll listen to. You know, I'll start listening to the show from the beginning and it helps me get through one more day and stuff like that. So it, it's sweet. So, again, besides taking pictures and selfies and and all that good stuff, you get to hear really sweet, cool, nice things. So that's awesome, dude. It is. It is. It's that makes exciting. that. No, that makes that. That makes the heart grow big, dude. That, that's that's no, I mean, the, the thing about like what like, you know. The emails we, we've been getting so many nice emails and stuff, but it's for me. I think it's kind of cool that like you know a lot of people have the gay questions and that stuff, and I, I, I think a lot of people, maybe a lot, some of Kevin's fans and your fans don't know that many gay people. So maybe I'm like I know that I know a couple of people were like I'm the first gay person they've ever kind of dealt with. I don't what know if that's do a mean? good. Well, I mean, I remember um, there's a guy. There was a guy from down south who now, my God, now his name is escaping me. But he's on uh, Tell Him Steve Dave a lot. You know what I'm talking yes. about? Uh, I think I, I can't believe I can't remember his can. name. He's a really sweet guy, and I can't believe I can't. Like, I literally can't believe I, I can't remember his name. But he's a really sweet guy. But essentially, he like when I first met him, he was just like. Like, I'd never met it. Like, I'd never heard of a gay, like, you know, I didn't know, I, I'd never heard of the voice of a gay person. And I was a total homophobe. But it's just like, I heard you on Blowhard. And then I went and watched Small Town Gay Bar. And it made me uh, understand and appreciate a little bit more. And I was just kind of like, holy shit. You know, the power, the power of relaying your experiences or anything, you know, it's, 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 it's a great thing. I mean, we all, everybody's got a story. Anybody can do a podcast. You know what I mean? We've all got stories. But I think it's important to share your stories. No, it's good. It's very good, brother. Um, so, I mean, here's we, we. I mean, I guess you got to go back to Australia land and stuff. But the one thing that you didn't do for me is that you have to give me a TV show I have to watch. Oh my goodness, you're right. Uh, ooh, ooh. But be okay. nice about that, Jason. <laughs> oh no, no, totally. Uh, I'm trying. Don't to give me a horrible it. show. Never. I mean, I don't think any of them are ever horrible, but I'm trying to think of something. I know what I know what I could have you because I want to see if you get it and like it as much Is there's a TV show on right now. 
that I'm digging. Oh, you know, there's two shows. I you got to pick one. Dig the one. Sorry. Check out, uh, check out Lucifer. Lucifer. There's a show called Lucifer. Um, and I want to, you know what? No. Pure genius. I ju just started. There's three episodes out and I'm digging it. Um, it's like a Grey's Anatomy, but it's, it's meets Silicon Valley. Really? Did I, yeah, because it's a dude. Anyway, they're both good shows and I like Lucifer a lot, but I want you to check out. Um, yeah, I want you to check out. I have a ton of shows already. I was thinking Scorpion, too. I really like Scorpion, but. Check out uh, the Pure Genius one because there's only three episodes out. So I feel like you could watch one episode or and the first one's free. I don't know if it's still free. You can download it on iTunes. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about it next week. I think you'll dig it. Um, all right. Is there anything, huh? It's called Pure Genius. Pure Genius? How'd you Pure find that show? Because whenever a new show comes out and if they give you a free episode, I usually download it and just check it out. Plus, I was on a 14-hour plane ride, so, you know, I needed to catch oh up God, on that's... some TV. Yeah. I did uh, that. Not, it was more. Dude, it was more than that because we were three hours on the runway. We got out to the runway. We were about to start taking off, and the dude fainted. So we had to turn around, go back to the gate, wait for the cops and the ambulance to come on board to get this guy off the plane. Three hours on the tarmac, bro. Then a I flew, hour flight. Dude, I flew to Australia once when I had, was doing a, this documentary, Continental. And I'm a big fucking dude. I'm fat and I'm tall. And I remember when I was going, um, I showed up. I, I, had, I had reserved a, an, an aisle ticket. For some reason, when I showed up, I was in a middle seat. And no. I was going to have to fly in a middle seat to Australia. And, dude, I swear to God, instead of losing my shit, a tear rolled down my cheek. I was so upset that, like, I couldn't even read. I was so upset, but I knew that this poor woman, like, it wasn't her fault. And I realized that moment, like, I wanted to explode, but I couldn't. But I was so fucking out of sorts because I have, like, stress. I, like, I have anxiety. Like, the thought of me fucking sitting in a middle seat all the way to Australia. I was already terrified to go on that trip, but to fucking do it in the middle seat, a fucking tear went down my cheek. And she felt so bad for me, and she was so sweet. And she was like, you know what? She said, and the, I was there three hours early. But she said, you know what? Go to, the, go to the gate, and we'll have it figured out for you. So I went to the gate, and just before, like, they started boarding the flight, and... My name got called, and she gave me a first-class ticket all the way to Australia. No, sir. Yeah. See that? And that's because you didn't explode. If you well, I fucking instead I cried like a fucking jackass. I know. <laughs> I didn't cry. It was a single tear. Like I was so upset, though. Dude, no, you're I, right. I didn't believe... explode. I uh, and again, I get what you're saying, dude. Because it, to me, the anxiety of flying, even. Even when I know I have a first class seat, the anxiety of like flying is horrible for me. And I feel bad because, you know, uh, right before we go, I, I am the opposite where I didn't blow up, but I got so scared I bailed. Kevin wanted me to come to Paris uh, for the Chasing Amy premiere. I think it was Chasing Amy. No, it was Dogma. Was that, it was Dogma where he got to stand in ovation. 
Yes. No. Yes. yes. And, and it was yes. clerk. He got a standing ovation of Clerks too, as well. So it could have been Clerks too. But I think it was Clerks too. It was definitely Clerks too. So Clerks too. He wanted me to go. I got to the airport, and they only had middle seats, coach. And not only that, then the plane had a like three hour layover, and then I had to get on another flight. And I feel so horrible because I'm such a wussy that I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I didn't go. And Kevin, it was probably only the second or third time that Kevin got really upset with me and didn't talk to me for like a month. Really? Yeah. Well, cause only he cause he up. wanted you, he, I mean, he wanted you to share that oh, moment. Totally. Sure. Exactly. No, that's the only reason why he was upset that I wasn't there with him to share that moment with him. And I totally get that. But that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm sharing that story because I'm saying I understand like the anxiety of flying for me is like and I wish I just manned up and went because I really missed a really important moment for me and with Kevin in gen to in general. So it's it's a bummer. But again, yours worked out. So but mine didn't. And we'll end on that note. Thank you. I'm just kidding. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. That was Blowhard. You can reach us at blowhardbox at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter um, under Blowhard Podcast. Jason, you're on You're on uh, the old Twitter, aren't you? I am a J Muse, J A Y M E W E S. My Instagram, my Facebook's all J A Y M E W E S. J And I'm under Malcolm Ingram. Thank you, everybody, for that. And Jay, thank you so much for taking the time to reach out to us from Australia. And we look forward to you being back in country next week. Yes. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com. <laughs>